Thank you for joining us. This is episode 54 of Amateur 3D Podcast, a podcast by amateur printers for amateur printers, where we share our thoughts and experience. Our panelists this week are me, Kevin Buckner, and my friends, Chris Weber and Andy Cottom. Hi. Hello. We need to excuse Frank this week because he thought it was more important to go to a marching band competition than to uh, talk about 3D printing. Well, that's not necessarily his fault. We all had a general uh, scheduling conflict, so. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And as long as he brought his printer, I won't about it, so. I'm sure he did not. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, to get things started off chris what have you been working on oh i did print something this week despite everything that happened you know with uh being rear-ended at the end of the week last week and uh having yeah. surgery surgery this week unrelated yeah so. you've been through a lot <laughs> <laughs> um so uh last week i mentioned that uh paint uh a paint mixer end yeah uh, yes I I printed that up. Looks pretty good. Oh, did we trade using it yet? Nope. I will be using it this week though, so I'll let you guys know how that goes. Yeah, right. I'm really curious. Does it feel like it would be able to handle the the torque of being attached to? This is when you attach to a drill, right? I'm, am I thinking of the right? Yeah. Thing? So I, I'm thinking what I'm going to end up doing is JB JB welding it to the end of a steel rod. Okay. And you know, um, that has worked with. Uh, plastic to metal very well for stuff in the past. In fact, I've used that for my um, my uh, whisk, my electric mixer whisk. Okay. You know, yeah. So like my mix mixer was stopped working, and then turned. So I pull it off of my uh, pull it off of my mixer, and I'm like, "What the heck is? Why is it not mixing?" And yeah, the <laughs> steel rod in the middle is spinning independent of the whisk. So, <laughs> JB well, welding, there we go. Yeah, fixed it right up. All right. I've used a lot of GB weld in the past, but it's uh, it's not something that's like a normal go-to for me. It's not something that's ready to be used all the time. I guess. Yeah, I, use it, I don't know. I I use it for any time I have to glue something to 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 metal. You know, okay. it's 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 awesome. It's like the ultimate metal metal super glue. But oh. If you're not using nope. it on, if you're not using metal, don't don't worry about using JB Weld for just about anything else. Oh, really? But, yeah. But since I've had a lot of downtime this week, you know, I flooded you guys a, a little bit with stuff I was looking at on Thingiverse. Yeah, I saw some of that. You were yeah. finding some pretty neat stuff. Yeah. Oh, so I want to start with a couple of the, of the funnies. Uh, there was the uh, PC shelf. So basically, you know how you know how you've got that drink holder on on the on those old PCs, you know, kids. Yeah, the one that's built in. You push the button and it it uh, pulls out a tray that you could sit a drink on. Yeah, that one. So yeah, yeah. So I wonder why they don't put those on computers anymore. <laughs> they were useful. Now I got to find a different place for my drink. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. They're not well, usable at the same time, though. Yeah, I've seen that. They like stack them on top of each other. So we put your cup on the lowest one. If you go to move the second, the uh, top one, it'll push your cup off. I don't ever know why they designed <laughs> yeah. it that way. Well, 
I found a uh, a five five and a quarter printable uh, um, printable insert for a shelf. So so now you can have snacks along with your drink holder on your oh. PC. <laughs> you know what? I, I saw that where it goes into it, the drive bay for a CD-ROM on your computer, but it's yeah, like yeah. a little drawer. Yep, five and a quarter. Kind of cool. Yeah, those are cool. I, I saw that, and and most of the time when I see it uh, do stuff like that, I'm I'm thinking, you know, that, that's a, that's a neat thing, but not necessarily something I wanted. But that's that time was like that could be very useful to have it's actually like uh, it's actually a very convenient use of the space if if you've got a if you've got a pc tower it's it's a great place to put your uh flash drives you know stuff of that nature yeah yeah, yeah that was a neat one um there was the benchy with a calibration cube in the benchy that one was, <laughs> i uh, saw that it was like in the back of the benchy yeah <laughs> And then there was the uncalibration cube and the melted calibration cube. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I would have loved to swap Frank's version of of Benchy out for that one when he was having his little problems with his computer or with his (laughs) printer. (laughs) Just to to give him the the WTFs once in a while. Keep him on his toes. (laughs) Yep. Um... (laughs) So then there was this cute little flexi Halloween cat I saw. Yeah. It's 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 actually really cute and it, I wouldn't say it's really flexy in that it's really just got the 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 upper leg joints on the body are are flexy so that its legs can move but that's about it. Oh, does it? But it is pretty cute. Is it um Now when people say flexi, I remember when those first came out, they were really kind of pointed out by being having the like the hinges in the middle of a flat model is that kind of the way that one was set up i just don't remember seeing that one that's why i ask oh no no this one's a nice 3d cat like if you were to print it and put it on your shelf it would look like a very nice uh decoration let's see um that's cool and it's just it's got some joints on it for the arms yep it's up on our posts on the 27th yeah okay cool yeah, there was that. And then um oh yeah. I'm gonna start calling you pot knobs. Pot knobs? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you pot knob. <laughs> I do offer a varying amount of resistance when required. <laughs> but yeah, you posted a bunch of potentiometer knobs. And uh, yeah, 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 those were those were kind of cool. They're gnarly. They're they're, they're well gnarled. Yes, I saw that you uh, that you you'd got yourself a whole big bag of pots. So um, <laughs> I was like, hey, you know this this will give you a great variety for various projects you come across, and you don't even have to try to design one yourself. You just go and pick one that's going to be kind of close. You know what? I am fairly against printing stuff off a of Thingiverse for the most part because I feel like you know what I could use the exercise in in designing that myself. But those knobs you posted, those might be different. I wound up copying or uh, bookmarking that that page to that Thingiverse item because that, yeah. that would be useful in, in doing one of those. Because something like do if I think of how many steps I need to do for a potentiometer knob, I would have to do like an interference fit print on top of the final print and things like that. And for just a simple quick knob, that actually would take a, a little bit of time. Yep. And, and something but, like that and- I don't. I need the experience on so and 
Yeah, ironically, this guy is called, uh, his username is I can't 3D print. So. <laughs> well, he designs stuff well. I mean, you think yeah. people wouldn't be able to come up with a di with that much of a variety of different kind of potentiometer knobs, but he had, he had a lot, all different yeah. kinds of gnarling included and everything. Yep. So I, I really like the effort the guy put into into this. So, you know, if yeah. you need a if if you need some pot knobs, you know, uh throw I can't 3D print a buck or two and then print some up. Yeah. Yeah. But, if you're again, they are on Thingiverse and they are technically free, but yeah, we always want to want to throw a couple of dollars to our people who do that, even if it's just a buck, which probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you spending a buck. But if you designed models and take the time to put them up on Thingiverse, receiving a dollar is more than just the monetary value. That's a real good thank you from somebody you know who took the time to actually send you that buck or five bucks yep. or whatever it might be. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, yep. And I think the last thing I posted here was a 3D printed vacuum table. I saw that earlier this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had had something like like this set up when I was cutting up all that um cutting up all that uh, insulation brick. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that. The uh the wife who's really big on Comic-Con stuff or Fanex, I guess down here. Um, has been challenged for another costume. It's um, it's one of those. I don't remember what they're called. They got the so on anime. They've got the little cloud symbol on them. They're like a big group of ninjas. They wear like black cloaks with this cloud symbol on it. You mean Naruto? Nas Naruto? Naruto or something? No, it's not. It's not that one with the cat kid. I, I'm not into anime, so I don't know these. But one of the characters that she's doing has a sword and in the community jenny is often um i wouldn't say made fun of but no notably she likes to make large props so whenever she does a character that might have a weapon that prop is going to be like one and a half times the size you know than it was in the actual anime you know she's one of those ones who's not afraid to do the real size the exact size of like clouds sword that he uses in that game uh, you know so comically large props yeah yeah and not quite like stupid large it's just a little bit on the excessive side and this one character she's doing um the sword is like five feet long and it's like two feet wide and so in, in the anime so in the real world the sucker's like seven feet long now and she's making it like three feet wide it's just this huge thing sword and she went down to the um, uh, Home Depot down here and got some insulation foam to build it out of a big eight by four sheet of insulation foam. And so she cut it all with a saw. And so there is foam everywhere down here because it was styrofoam oh. that she got. So it's got all these little beads of styrofoam all over. And well, at least she didn't get the fiberglass. <laughs> Yeah, but still. Yeah, yeah. she knew what she was doing. It, it wasn't ignorant of her. She knew she was going to make a mess, but um, to cut down an 8x4 sheet with like a hot wire would have taken kind of a ridiculous amount of time. And I think it was like two inches thick foam on top of it, so it would have mm -hmm. taken a little while. So mm -hmm. she, she did the broad cutting with just a normal saw, and I think she was realizing this should have been an outside activity because it doesn't vacuum mm -hmm. up very well. 
it statically attaches to everything. So I'm having an apostrophe here, Andy. Um, what if we make you guys a hot wire on a hacksaw? <laughs> that would <laughs> that would be really good. Um, but we play the hot wire game a lot, so we're pretty good on the hot wire. I mean, we can do stuff like that, but in this particular situation, if we were to hot wire it, the four by eight sheet, it would have taken two of us. And in this situation, it probably would have been better to not have anything built for the hot wire. Just, mm -hmm. just have some Nichrom wire with some alligator clips onto a power supply and have me on one side of the board and her on one side of the board. And we just kind of following it, cutting it up that way. But oh yeah. It, it would have taken a long time to do that. So yeah. that's why she used the saw instead. And the foam is filler. So she's wrapping it with other things. So the edges don't have to be pretty or anything. So that's why All she right. chose to do that. But yeah, yeah, we've hotwired a lot before in the past. Um, a lot of it is just by hand because it's easy to do. Just you know, a little bit of Nikron wire, and sometimes we we uh, use a, um, a a jig for it that you can put it into to to heat it up, and then you can do it with just one hand instead of you know two hands holding each side of the wire. But uh, yeah. oh, also in 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 case you ever need it. Um, I've got a table saw at the ready for ever, if you're ever cutting up the big sheets and stuff again. So I do appreciate that. I, I do got a table saw though. We're, we're good there. Oh, derp. Yes. <laughs> no problem. It folds up cause I don't have a lot of room in my tool shed as Frank likes to give me a hard time for, but, uh, so it's one of the ones that collapses down, but it is a full size one, um, when you open it up. So this ah. takes a minute to open up, but and in my head, I just assume you don't have one because there's not room for a table saw in your. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a. I got most of the larger tools. I don't have a lathe. I do do a little bit of lathe stuff with my drill press. I've got a lathe chuck that I chuck into my drill press, and so I can do a small lathe work, simple stuff, just using my drill press. But oh, that's um, brilliant. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as far as I don't, it'd be nice to have a bigger lathe. Yeah, but uh, and a reciprocating saw, like one of the standalone ones, would be nice. I mean, I've got like the hand one that's like a jigsaw, but and of course, like the sawzall and all the different versions of a reciprocating. But it would be nice to have one that sits on a table. I don't have that, but yeah, I'm not as woodworking as you and Frank are, but I do have some stuff. Oh, okay, but thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I would have yeah. loved it if Jenny would have used that for this foam instead of instead of what we did. But um, then too, like every piece that she cut was kind of a different size as well. Lessons learned. Yeah. Yeah. So the hand saw was just easier for her to use, and it's not like it's hard to cut through two inches of of uh, foam with you know a hand saw. So it only took her a minute to do. But oh my gosh, did it make a mess? Right. Uh, but yeah. With all that, have you been doing anything with the 3D printing there, Andy? Uh, yes, I actually used my 3D printer today. Um, uh, gasp and shock. Yeah, yeah. I turned it into an agitator for etching a circuit board. <laughs> 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 I'm, uh, I'm getting ready There's, to... Uh, oh, go ahead. The many uses of not 3D printing. <laughs> no kidding. 
Well, you know, I, we, I got a bed slinger 3D printer, and I needed an agitator for when I go to etch these. And it only makes sense to use the bed on the 3D printer. So I wrote some G-code real quick to home the Y and then bring the Y all the way out the front and turn on the heater, the bed heater, to heat up as much as the um, etching acid that I'm using likes to be ran at. And then it just jiggles the bed back and forth at a good rate to get some sloshing going on. Or not sloshing, but you know, moving the acid back and forth along the the uh, board that I'll be etching. So that's ready to go. So I did use my 3D printer. Um, I do got to sit down and today and redesign a lock on my fridge. Um, I've got kids that like to just get into everything. And we've resorted to having a fridge lock because they'll just get into everything. And yeah. my, my four-year-old has learned that if he just forcefully tries to pull the door open it will it will break the plastic on the lock and allow them to open it. it's like a little three com lock but you actually don't use the combination just having the the lock closed and having to reach up to push the button to unlock it is kind of enough uh, -huh. uh but uh mm -hmm. he's just learned if he just grabs the doors of the fridge and just pulls them open he, he can get right in and so he broke the last one that the lock is built to use and so I'm going to redesign it instead of buy another one like we did this last time and just replace it. It's not strong enough to deal with my son. So I'm going to take and redesign the part that attaches to the fridge. So it's a little bit more beefy so he doesn't break it again or can't break it again. But that's um, that's my plan. Um, okay. My project I've been working on for the last little while is going well i completely finished coating my little fans for my fish tank that i did with the microcontroller nice. and yep. uh today i'm setting up to finally etch my circuit board i've got that all designed this last week and ready to go i believe it's done right uh, the traces that i followed like i'm using keycad to do it and it has you design a wiring diagram for your device and then when you go in to design the circuit board, it kind of helps you along following your wiring diagram, which makes designing the circuit board so much easier, you know, is when I'm going in to design the board, I'm not having to think about how things are electrically connected. I just point to a pad and say, okay, I'm running a line for this pad. And it will say, you know, hey, here's all the pads that needs to connect to. And then you can just draw your lines out without really thinking about how it's supposed to be connected all together. So nice. Um, I got all that done. The board looks good. The traces that I followed seem to be connected to the right spot. But I think I just need to try and, and trust key, that KeyCAD did it right and that my wiring diagram was correct. But this is the first time in like four or five years that I've etched a circuit board. And four or five years ago when I etched them, it uh, I only did like six or seven of them. And the first couple like absolutely failed. And then I learned my lessons. And then after that, they all turned out really well. So I'm hoping, even though I'm having to regather everything that I used before, because I don't have a lot of things. I Like I had some, I when I did it the first time around, I printed using the laser printer, it just right out on paper, ironed it onto the board and then used water to get rid of the paper. And this time around, I heard like, that's that's that works, but you can do a lot better if you just get release paper, like the backing of sticker paper and print it on that. And 
you save yourself so much time because it just lets go of the ink once you've done the transfer. Which and so I let me let me interject. I it's also a great idea for for woodworking. Um, if you're if you want to print an image and put it onto woodworking, same concept. Uh-huh. Is it really? Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I've done it myself a few times. Yeah. I didn't know that for, for woodworking. And and does it have to be toner that you're using, or can you do it with like inkjet ink as well? Uh, I did inkjet. Did you? That's cool. Yep. That's so cool. anyway, by the way, yeah. yes. So I bought a roll of the stuff, and uh, as I'm getting everything together, getting ready to... I was trying to do it before the podcast, but I kept on running into problems. I discovered that the um, laser, or the... Um, the paper that I got is like sticker paper. I got the completely wrong stuff. I think I got transfer paper, which I don't know what it is. It's a big oversized roll of tape is what I ended up with. And that does me no good. So while I'm waiting, I went ahead and ordered some proper sticker pa- sticker backing paper, release paper. But in the meantime, I still want to do this project today instead of waiting for that delivery. So um, I know you can use parchment paper. And so I tried to do that, except... The first time I tried to print it, I <laughs> I ran it through my laser printer with just the parchment paper by itself with no carrier sheet. And it printed on it, but it got stuck in the fuser and made a mess of my printer. Now I got toner all over in the tracking where the paper goes through. I've got unheated toner, black toner everywhere. So now while we were doing the podcast, I've got these two pieces of paper I keep on running through printing blank blank sheets trying to get it all out of there i've got little little dots here and there on the paper but after the podcast is over i'm going to do it again right with a carrier sheet this time and i should be able to etch my board and solder some components on it and then see if i did it right so if you're still having trouble if you're still having trouble with the uh parchment paper let me know i've got some of the right kind of stuff you probably need i think well well, thanks. I appreciate that. I did the second time I printed it out. I did print it out with a carrier sheet. You guys can kind of see that. And aside from all the globs of black everywhere, I cannot see a red yeah. word. It did. It did work. It did print it okay. Yeah. So, except for the big, big, big line of globby gooby glob. Yeah. Yeah. Looks so. kind of like if you were. Uh, print uh you you were you were halfway between printing an ancient curse to summon a demon (laughs) yeah no kidding no kidding but uh so that's that's kind of where i've been it's it was been a heavier heavier week at work so i i haven't done anything at all during the week and uh, it was just been the last hour or two before the podcast here that i've actually done anything with my printer so that's been me what about yeah. you, Kevin? You do anything? Um, not with any of my 3D printers, no. Uh, I did determine um, on Monday that I need to print more of those um, two bracks that I had printed two of earlier, um, but because oh. I needed I needed another one, and the two that I had printed were already in use. Um, but I didn't do really anything with my 3D printers because I was busy getting ready for and going on a hunting trip with my brothers and uh, my two kids and two of my one brother's kids and one of my other brother's kids. So Okay. Well, that's that nice. I, 
I got some questions about the uh, the the tube rack you made. Now, um, for our listeners who haven't heard, uh, Kevin's a little bit of a scientist here at work, and so he's got a bunch of the the test tubes and the rack that he designed and printed uh, quite a few podcasts back that we were all really impressed with. So I'm curious. I know you got those racks in use at work, but how are they comparing to the racks that are designed already to do what you do that just weren't exactly what you need? How do they, are they comparing to those? Like, are they standing up with the same kind of, kind of usage and whatnot or? Yep. They are on par with what we could buy that is uh, professionally made. That's so cool. I love seeing stuff like that in actual use. Yeah. What about your, uh, your colleagues? Are they, do they use them just like as if they were something that was produced professionally? Um, No, because they are made specifically for the uh, toxicology department. Um, So I'm the only one. Okay. So that's just you. Yeah. Cause I am the toxicology department. (laughs) Okay. um, When, when people have to work for me though, like if I've taken some time off and a batch needs to be set up and run, they, they do sometimes use them. There's, there's one sub person who, uh, for whatever reason, chose not to use one when it was available. She instead used the, the two racks like we had before I made these. And I don't fully yeah. understand why she did that, but I'm also not really interested in pressing the matter with her because she's hardly ever there to do anything. So it's like, whatever. Yeah. Well, it might have as been long too, as she... just, she was used to what she was used to anyway. So she just did that. So probably it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you, if, if they're getting their job done, just let them do it. However, they're going to do it. Even if they want to do it the dumb way. That's right. okay. Yeah. Right. That's still really neat to have that kind of stuff in use. Oh yeah. I've got a couple of things I've printed for work that um uh that some other people that i made just for myself like one is just like a a handle for my equipment that is made to carry everything that i need and it attaches to one of my devices and some other people saw that and wanted one and and so i printed out a couple of them and, and gave them to people who used the same equipment i do and and it's neat seeing them out in the field seeing them use it because it does work better with what they wanted and, and with what they do. So I yeah. love seeing that kind of stuff in work. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, God, other than that, I don't really don't have a whole lot. I've, I've just been working so much at work here that I haven't really done anything really new. Mm. Where's Frank when you need him? Uh, right. He's on. <laughs> He's on a train to go to the uh, uh, marching band competition. Yeah. I miss marching band competitions. Ditto. Yeah. I never participated in one. I was in marching band for a little bit, but uh, didn't ever do a competition. That's okay. We forgave There's... you a long time ago and accepted you despite <laughs> this. <laughs> hey. I'm just, I'm just saying he's still pretty pretty dang good with the with his horn. So <laughs> yes, <Thanks>. yes. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it was kind of funny um, when when I was learning R um, and I 
needed to introduce myself to the group. They asked me if I play any musical instruments, and I said, I sure do. And they said, okay, um, tell us about that. And I, so I, I started into it, and then I was like, and you know, my, my brass instrument of choice is a baritone <laughs> horn. And they're like, and they said, can you imagine being able to play so many instruments that you can say, this is the one I prefer to play over these others that I also know how to play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, I also figured out this week um, that I am just, I'm terrible at marketing. Um, okay. Because I, I went to um, an event uh, for someone in my ward and she's still good friends. So I had this person is someone that I met in joy school, which is before kindergarten. Okay. And so I went to joy school with her and elementary school, junior high, high school. And now we live in the same ward. Well, she's still good friends with somebody I knew in high school and had invited her to this event. And her son was getting baptized and, and, um, this friend of hers is someone who my senior year took up an entire page in my yearbook telling me how much she wanted to go on a date with me. <laughs> and so we're having, Oh uh, yeah, little... that's not a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're I also did... young too back then. So you don't really know how to do that game. Well, so it's not right. always bad. Right. So, I mean, I did take her out on a date back then, but, we haven't seen each other for over 20 years now. And so I, we were just kind of reconnecting and she's like, so what do you do? And I told her that I'm a medical laboratory scientist working for the, the company I work for. Um, and I later on, and that was it. That was all. We, and we conversation went on from there. I came home yeah. and I said to my wife, you know, I need to get in the habit when people ask me what I do. I need to get in the habit of saying that I my full time am the medical laboratory scientist, but that I'm also a published author because I'm, yes. I'm terrible at bringing that up and bringing attention to the fact that I have a book published on Amazon and I'm almost done with the rough draft for the second book. And yeah, I'm just I'm terrible at marketing. Well, talking about being terrible at marketing, why don't you tell our listeners about what you've done? Because <laughs> I think this is the first time your book's ever even come up on the podcast. I've mentioned it one or two other times in passing because, once again, I am terrible at marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a dark fantasy novel about um, uh, there's a group of necromancers that are that have found out that the relics of their legends are real and like the whole thing about these is whoever can um gather them all together is will become the master of death and so there's debate about what exactly that means some say it means that you're going to be immortal others say that you're going to be like the best most supreme necromancer ever and so they're just like we need to get them um okay. And then they're, they've got their enemies called the gatekeepers whose job is entirely destroy the undead because undead <laughs> are unnatural abominations and they cause anguish to the souls of the dead who live in the underworld and all that. 
and neither of these groups are aware of the demon prince that has been summoned to the uh, terrestrial sphere to cause havoc and mayhem whenever <laughs> he can. Nice. Yeah. So this is obviously uh, an, an adult adult book, maybe late teen, but definitely not early 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 teens and younger, right? Um. Yeah, probably. Although. Um, my 14 year old son has read it and he really enjoyed it. I mean, there were a bunch of words that I used in there that he didn't know the definition of. Um, and I kind of did that on purpose because I'm like, this is not just because of the themes involved. It's not something that is really recommended for a younger audience. Um, uh, so it, you know, it, it is geared more toward adults. Um, but it doesn't, you know, so that I feel like I hesitate to say it's an adult novel because when I hear that something is an adult, whatever, I you're think, thinking XXX kind of stuff when really it's not right. And there's yeah. not, there's not any of that in there. There is, there are scenes of graphic violence. Um, there is a, a, a point where it is understood that one character sexually assaulted another character but the scene cuts off before that happens yeah because like i i don't feel like i need to go into graphic detail with such things um right but yeah, yeah. but yeah it is because of the themes involved and the vocabulary it's more young adult and older um but my like i said my 14 year old son has read it his 14 year old cousin read it and enjoyed it and uh, my my sister after he had read it because they were on a road trip to california and he had forgotten to bring a book my sister had it in her car and so she's like just read that so he <laughs> did and when it was when they were all done he had read it and she said so how did you like that and he said it was all right and she said really just all right and he's like yeah um but so when does the second one come out? Because I want to read it. <laughs> nice. Like, so, so, so it's more than all right. And he's like, yeah. And, and you know what I liked? And she said, what? And he said, organ sax. Organ sax? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, in, in my book, um, organ sack is a really bad insult to call somebody. <laughs> uh, okay right people have asked me about it and they've said so uh do the characters in your book curse and i was like well i mean there is magic involved so do you mean like cat like putting a curse on somebody and they're like no no swearing and i said oh yeah they swear all the time it's like <laughs> calling call. an, it's like calling an electronics engineer a, a pot knob <laughs> right so they're, they're like i'm like yeah they swear all the time and they said oh well i don't really like books with swearing and i said oh then you'd still probably like mine because they don't use any swear words that you would recognize as swear words. There you go. And they're well, like, no, what? And I said, well, you know, um, I was thinking about it. And to me, it, it doesn't make sense that something that takes place in another culture, another world, even they'd have the exact same swear words we do. So I came well, up with my own words for people to use. Like even, even in our, yeah, even in our own world, you know, different cultures have different swear words that mean different things. Like there's some people that refer to you as a ba as a 
as a half breed goat or something like that. And there's others that call you a, you know, obviously, you know, the female dog one and, you know, things of that nature. And really, if you were looking at it from the outside, you'd be like, why is that insulting? Right. Well, and like, uh, I came up with this theory way back when I was 16 years old, that the thing that makes a swear word a swear word is that people are offended by it. Yep. So really, anything could be a swear word as long as somebody is offended by it. And if they're not offended by it, it's not really a swear word anymore. Yes. So I ran with that and said, okay, uh, the swear words that are going to be used in the world in which my book takes place are going to be things like goat blood and the pus and organ sack. That's cool. <laughs> like I'm going to insinuate that you're a fast breeding rodent and not even, not only that, that you're, rodent parents weren't married when you were conceived (laughs) (laughs) beautiful yeah so what's the what what should we uh google for to find the novel uh it's called the advent of zon z o double double pokey advent of z o n right with the little uh two pokey things above the o right uh, no, actually, there's a little accent over the O, but if you search for it with the little accent tick mark... You probably won't find it. You yeah. won't find it, uh, because Amazon wouldn't let me use that kind of special character when I was making the t- title for listing it on Amazon. Um, so you just have to search for it without any accent over the O, and you'll find it. Nice. So cool. you said you were getting ready to publish the second book of that. How's that been coming along? Uh, s- kind of slowly. Um, I got quite a bit of it written back in 2020 during lockdown, and especially during NaNoWriMo of 2020. Um, and the re- remaining half of it has been here and there ever since. Um, but I figure I will probably have the rough draft finished before the end of the year this year and then i get to start editing and revising and and rephrasing and adding and all that stuff polishing it into something that is actually worth reading and i hope to have that done before the end of next year nice i'll look forward to that my first book is in a brick and mortar store in layton is it really layton utah yes layton utah that's cool and they just barely they just barely opened this week, didn't they? Uh they opened on September eighteenth. Okay, so um, last week. Yeah. Yeah. And it's called For the Love of in Leighton Hills Mall. Here's our shameless plug. <laughs> Indeed. That's cool. That's really cool. I have yet to read your novel. I should change that. I have a copy. Nah. So if I'm gonna have do a, it, I'd I'd have like a, to get one of my own. That way, uh Kev could have another cell on his record too. So. Yeah. Oh, and, okay. I see. And you know, a lot of the time I've, I've seen that you get the uh, ebook version of books that they, for some reason, charge the same amount as the print copy or sometimes even more than the print copy. To me, that just seems. That's a little silly. backwards to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because the, the reason, in my opinion, the reason you have the higher cost on the, print copy is because you have to pay for the materials used in printing the book yeah 
so I don't do that. Um, my that's good. I've got it structured so I get about the same amount of royalties for the ebook as I do for the print copies because um, okay. it is it's available in hardcover, soft cover, and uh, Kindle ebook. Okay. So and the the least expensive. Yeah, blah. The least expensive option of all of those is the ebook. Um, it's like less than a third of the cost of the paperback okay. because that's how it costs qu quite a bit for them to print the book. Does it? Yeah. All right. Well, that, that's really cool. I'm glad we officially got that out there. We'll have to refer back to it every once in a while again, keep people's minds on it that way they can reach out and grab it for themselves and enjoy it right yeah that's nice you got any uh plans for the upcoming week on anything that you might be doing with your printer um i, I so yeah i will be printing up at least one more of those two bracks probably actually two um and what i'm i still need to modify the support holes because I got kind of the the tab A slot B thing going with uh, the the uh, support plates going on, um, so my plan is I need to print up the the rack pieces and then get my calipers and measure exactly how big the little tabs are. Because I ran into that issue where I made them all the same size, but then the tabs wouldn't fit into the slots. So I had to trim down the tabs to get them to fit into the slots. And I think that might have been because of the elephant foot issue I was having that I okay. think I've taken care of because I haven't seen an elephant foot on anything I've printed for the last long while. But I also want to just be sure that I'm not going to have to do any tab trimming afterward. I want it to just fit right in the perfectly the first time. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Uh, and other than that, I need to. Um, I've got I've got so many projects that I've got going on right now. I need to start working on uh, additional pieces for the Nightmare Chess set. Um, yeah. And uh, I need to make the pickups. Like I made a I I did assemble one of the bobbins for my eight string guitar that I'm wanting to build but I need to actually make the pickups for that and also get wood and stuff to make the guitar itself, the body, the neck, the head, all that fun stuff. I'm definitely interested in watching that project come along. That's, that's going to be a neat one yeah. to do. Mm -hmm. How many pieces you got done for your chess set? I know you were working on that quite hard. In so the past there, I've got, I think I, I've got most of the black army printed i need to trim the supports off of most of the pieces and cure them and then i still need to find pieces and print them for the white army okay um so i i figure what i'm going to do because i started doing the black army with loot studios mostly i'm gonna mm -hmm. finish out this one set with loot studios and then um then the next thing i'm gonna do is make a second set with uh titan craft so that i can actually make that available to the world because i i can't do that with what i'm doing with loot studios because i don't actually 
own the copyright for those. So I have I can use these things for my personal use from Loot Studios, but I, I can't make it available to everybody else in the world. Um, but okay. I can but if I do if I design something on Titancraft, I own it so I can then make it available for other people to use. And you know, this is also like I don't know how much how popular Nightmare Chess is. I do know that it went out of print for a while and then they brought it back into print. So I'm I'm assuming that there are a fair number of people who uh play it and might be interested in having a dedicated set because right now the only option people have if they want to play it is to get the cards and then get um at least one chess set with markers probably two a minimum of two chess sets so that they can have all the necessary pieces and and have other markers and stuff to say this piece is now uh this this for example this knight is now a paladin this king is now a warlord um okay yeah again again marketing and you know getting it getting it into a lot of those hobby shops and things i would imagine yeah hobby game shops yeah well nice i mean i i'm i guess i could try going that way i was just planning on putting it up on thingiverse but that would yeah um well you know what our 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 friend andrew uh he still owns that game shop game hobby shop down here we might could uh, see if we can put it for a test run through his store you know depending on you know if if he can make a a, a little bit of profit off of profit off of having it in his in his uh, physical store see seeing yeah. if he's willing to entertain the idea let's see i don't even know if nightmare chess is still in print because i say it went out of print and then came back but it came back into print like 10 or 15 years ago so uh, it might be that one of those kinds of things where we'll have to look into what is involved with the copyrights and stuff and possibly make our own yeah game kind of like how uh matt inman did with uh with uh his stuff yeah um but looking at amazon it appears that it is still in print oh so. okay so we could do See, see if he'd be willing to sell the the nightmare chest with supplements in his physical store. Yeah, you know. So, but we'd have to talk to him. Talk to him about that. Be just straight up idea right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice. Well, we were talking about what plans we might have. You got any plans for this upcoming week, Chris? Um, nope. Just uh, remodeling using that paint mixer I just put together. <laughs> just printed it's not put together still got to glue it yeah well good deal i don't think i have anything else you guys um no i don't think so oh um, no <laughs> we, we had been discussing episode length and we determined that about an hour was probably about the sweet spot and we we're coming up on that yeah so for any of our listeners yeah, if you want to give us feedback um, on episode length, if you want them longer, shorter, or you think we're doing good right around the hour-ish mark, let us know. Yeah, typically we've been shooting for that about hour to an hour and a half and thinking that was good, but yeah, you know, people have different opinions. Yeah. Good deal. All right. Well, I think then let's land this plane.
<laughs> yep. Pop in the end script. We'd like to thank everyone for listening to the very end. The very, very end. If you like what you hear, please give us all the stars and subscribe. We are available through a wide variety of podcast vendors and so are easy to share. If you have feedback or if you have content requests, please let us know. You can find us in our Facebook group, Amateur 3D Pod. That's all one word. And the three is the number three. You can also email us at panelists at amateur3dpod.com. Or you can email us individually at Franklin, Kevin, Andy, or Chris at amateur3dpod.com. I wrote the music for this episode and every episode that has music with it. Uh, OpenAI's Whisper completed the heavy lifting for the transcripts, which you can find linked in the description. Our panelists are me, Kevin Buckner, and my friends, Chris Weber, Andy Condom, and Franklin Christensen. Until next time, keep your FEP tight. Always use hairspray. I thought pre-3D printing was just a neat hobby. Turns out I just really like making little plastic messes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, thanks, meat. Thanks, organ bags. Appreciate it. <laughs> organ sacks. Organ sacks. Oh, yeah, I can't even get it right. Yeah, look at my Trying pus bag, you jerk. Oh, and, you know, <laughs> the the worst thing you can call someone in my book is a purulent organ sack. A per, a per what was that word? Purulent. Oh boy. Oh, that's a big one. What does that mean? Teach uh, me. Full of or covered in pus. Poilient? Purulent. Purulent. I can't even say that word. Purulent. Yes. Purulent. Yes, because pussy isn't actually a word. The okay. word is purulent, meaning purulent. that it's got pus all over it or is oh. producing pus. Yeah. I I like that. I think I'm going to start using that at work for people. <laughs> Excellent. Because I, I doubt the people I work with will know what that means. Oh, that's so brilliant of you. Good job. <laughs> <laughs>